the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Welcome to the Brecky Show podcast this week. It's been a big first week for guests. On Monday, Chris was joined by Faye Ripley, Rob Beckett, Ramesh Ranganathan and Richard Ashcroft. On Tuesday, Frida Pinto, Anton de Burke, Adrian Lester and Katie Tunstall popped in. Wednesday saw Joe Wicks, Ant Middleton, Philip Glenister and the Kooks. Thursday was jam-packed with Genevieve O'Reilly, Russell Howard, Simon Reeve and Texas. And me, Tom Kerridge, and me, Greg Davis, Richard E. Grant, and Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott joined Chris on Friday. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Chris Evans Brecky Show podcast. But before I go, make sure you're tuned in to Virgin Radio this Sunday when Chris and Vassos will be back on the airways from 10 a.m. The brand new programme on Sky from Rob Beckett and Ramesh Ranganathan. So this is Rob and Ramesh. Episode one of You Going Around the World is Rob and Ramesh versus Usain Bolt. Okay, yeah. so you go to Jamaica. Okay, yeah. I watched the show last night in bed with my little boy who's nine, <laughs> and you didn't tell me about the swearing. Thanks for that. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, it's so, on at nine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He heard some words in a different context to which he'd ever heard them before, um, and he told his mum. Yeah, I like oh, to think okay. we use them creatively. Yeah, well, you don't. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the gist. So, I'm, I'm figuring the rest of the series goes similarly. You arrange to interview somebody who's amazing, right? Yes. Some inspirational figure, and many of them around the world. Then you get to where they might be, but you get there really early so you can have a right laugh. Uh, yeah, we, we, we get there no, to assimilate to their world. <laughs> so we met Usain Bolt, with also meeting Shania Twain later on, and some yeah. uh, uh, Anthony Joshua was part of it in the NFL and things yeah. like that. But yeah, we get there and get a in their world but what I would say is because I get a bit annoyed when you see like friends like that go on these shows and it looks yeah. like just a holiday we do force ourselves through our booking and the producers booking and doing a crazy challenge at the end which is way out of our comfort zone and I would not put that down as a, a holiday type thing so yeah, but, but before that the bit where you're lying on a bed drinking pina coladas in front of the ocean yeah but Chris yes. we're doing that we're doing that to give the show a lift I didn't want to do that yeah do you know what I mean like, we did I, want I, that. I said to them <laughs> I said to him, if I've got to do it, I will do, mate. Do you but, know what I mean? Well, you saw the end of it, and we had to perform a dance hall routine on live Jamaican television in front of, like, a live audience, and that was horrendous. Yeah, but you, you prepared for it. I mean, you, you, you went to rehearsal, you met the, the people who do I this I know that, but it still doesn't make it... You, you went to find your inner rhythm. Yeah. I, I found... <laughs> oh, that's the thing, isn't it? Because Rob sort of calls it assimilating. I call it dangerously close to cultural appropriation. <laughs> Yeah, I'll that's tell you the what, truth though, of it. I did get really get into the sort of Jamaican culture. And yeah. I, in an unacceptable way. Yeah, but everyone's like real, so chilled out there. I started walking slow when yeah, I come yeah. home and nearly got trampled. I was half expecting him to get dreads for him. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, man. It was like, honestly, I was just like, dude. If my hair was long enough, I would have gone yeah. for it. And then the other thing is he starts doing the accent. You start, I did not do the accent. He did, 100%. I did not do the accent. He can come deny on. it now, but he it did. Wasn't, well, no. it didn't make the final cut, thank you. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> so, no. so, you two met 10 years ago. Now, when comedians collide, it, yeah. can, go, it can go well, it can go horribly. Obviously, you, you two, you know, you set off on the right foot. Where did yeah. you meet? Where's the first time you set eyes upon each other? Oh, I, I would have been an open mic, a terrible open mic gig in London somewhere where yeah. we were both like um, awful. awful, but <laughs> the better side of awful. There were worse people there than us. Yeah. And I think we get on though because we're very different. So we complement each other. And also, I think we're never going to nick work off each other. No. What's, very funny, what's very funny about your relationship, which I know from seeing you both before, but also from the TV show, is that you're the salesman of your relationship. Yeah. yeah. And then you mitigate everything he says. Yes, correct. Yeah. That's basically how it works. I mean, when we first met, I've got to be honest with you. I I didn't I didn't really like Rob. Like he's got a, he's got a, no, 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 I don't, Yeah, I've told you this. He's got an he's got an energy that I find irritating. But then once you get beyond that, you need me. I don't need to you. Pick I, you up. I need you. I don't say I need you. you. Need, well, the thing is, my problem is, I've never met anyone that's not liked me. And I'm aware there no, are no, no. people... You've not, you've no, not no, met no. anyone that's let, not let told you finish. that I like Yeah, me. exactly. But right. I can't pick up on if someone don't like me. Yeah. I think we're all best mates. Yeah. So I probably have met people that don't like me, but I'm not very good at no, picking I, up you on could it. T- you could tell him directly, Chris. You go, oh, he said, he said he hates me, but it's just banter, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, I do like you. I, th- I think you're irrepressible. Yeah, I would have Very well done. Nice, nice. So that's what Ramesh really thinks of you what do you think of Ramesh I, I, I love Ramesh we're best we're yeah, best but what mates, do you think of him that's, that's just an emotion what do you think of I him I think he's a good dad and a good person and uh, <laughs> and he tries hard at comedy oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, genuinely though 
I think Romish is brilliant, and this show we've done, I think it's one of the best shows I've done. So on you go around. The it's world. definitely the best one he's done. You, you, there we go. <laughs> you meet all these people, <laughs> yeah, uh, and you kick off with with, uh, with you said your interview with with Usain Bolt, yeah. which is on this Friday, mm. is a brilliant interview. I, I, can I say one? Genuinely, can I, no, genuinely. Can I say one thing? I just like I would look like a little bit more of the interview, you know, or maybe so you can go and watch the full one later on yeah, some yeah. kind of yeah, website yeah. or you know how that works. But I thought I'm no because he really, you know, you really made him laugh. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't talk all over him, and you asked some. You know, there are some fantastic questions in there. Well, yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why it might be shorter was because I was <laughs> a bit nervous and excited, and I asked him about 15 questions in a minute. I'm going to say this. So, <laughs> and so he went obviously, to stop asking yeah, all the questions because we, we we went. To, the whole thing is we're going to Jamaica. It's not doesn't come cheap, Chris. Rob insists on first class. No. So like we go to Jamaica, and the whole thing centres around the Usain Bolt interview, right? So we're chatting to him. And he's sort of like pretty chilled out at the beginning. It's you say Bo, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And Rob, <laughs> the most famous man on the planet. <laughs> Rob, Rob burns through 75% of our questions within a minute and a half like of the a shop, interview. Like a shopping yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely smashes through it. So the Olympics were good, weren't it? And the celebration. And um, yeah, yeah but cool. no, what, you did that thing. You did that thing where you don't ask a question, you just read out the preparation notes. <laughs> yeah. And within yeah. them are all the answers. Yeah, 100%. So you won the Olympics. So yeah, I did. Okay. So, so then we just started like freaking out. Then. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. With Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio. Now we're joined by the amazing Faye Ripley. Good morning, Faye. Hi. Jenny, who I play, is navigating one of those moments in your life and God knows it's happening to so many people right I now, know right, right now, now it, it, she's navigating some really scary stuff and, um, it, you know, it's recognisable, sadly. And uh, it is, you know, I was say that this is the one storyline I don't have to research because I just know so many people going through it. So, but hopefully, because it's cold feet, we do it sort of looking at it so that it is watchable. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, it's, it's more not than too watchable. Pa- painful. What cold feet does every episode is the first half an hour. You know, you're loading the base, and then it all starts to really sort of ramp up between nine thirty and ten. It's very filmic from that scriptural point of view. And and tonight, you know, when you're, as I say, I don't want to give too much away, but it's such a, such an emotional, such a sort of visceral story um, that that your character inhabits tonight. And talk about a mascara warning. I mean, you know, you act yourself off the screen tonight. I think. Oh. Hopefully not completely off the screen well, forever. No, but I saw it, I saw it last night. Um, and it's, there's a moment when you're in your car, and as I say, we won't spoil it forever. But but some, something happens to to Faye's character, and then this is the bizarre thing that hit me about it. I don't know what you think, and if this was written, it's isn't it? You know, some people are told some some really devastating things in life, and then just have to walk out and get back in their car on their own and well, deal with it life is like you know you have to you have to put the bins out do you know what i mean yeah, and nobody mean, knows what's you what you you know other people in their cars and they're going to, on the school run or they're going shopping but you it's like you have I, no I idea i always say that to my husband i say when he's I like he has the the male road rage thing happens in and i go <laughs> hang on a minute that that person that's just cut you up and tried to smash into your car, fair enough, might have been having a really bad day. Who knows what news they are getting, etc. I know that's me sounding like a saint, but it is true. We don't know. Everybody, maybe, you know, God knows we all have to deal with so much on a daily basis and then get in the car and go to work or take the kids on the school run or whatever it is. But it's the sort of, you know, there's dramatic stuff going on and everyday stuff all parallel it's all happening at the same time the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky Virgin Radio our sports guest this morning our first ever sports guest I'm thrilled to say we have one of my footballing heroes and hands down the best TV pundit bar none good morning and thank you for coming on Gary Neville morning everyone good morning morning, Gary Uh, Gary, first off, let's um, let's talk about your old club, Manchester United, and your old teammate, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, well, wow. Yes. Uh, I think when he came in, I mean, the club couldn't have been any lower in terms of expectation and where it was, the, obviously, feeling around the club. But he's done an incredible job. He's put himself in the frame, and he just keeps on winning. I think it's the best start for any Manchester United manager in history. It's unbelievable, really. It is, yes. Seven wins out of seven since he took over from Jose Mourinho. Does the manager make that much of a difference, then? Well, it obviously does in the modern day. I mean, we've seen Sarri over the weekend at Chelsea questioning the players at Chelsea in terms of their motivation. Manchester United's players towards the end... um, 
it's plainly obvious now they weren't trying to leg the Jose Mourinho because they've just switched on and off the tap. Um, it's incredible the difference. And I must admit, I still have my doubts about those players because of that. You know, the idea that they can just go and switch on a tap like that, it doesn't fill me with too much confidence in terms of them being able to take Manchester United back to a title win. But what they are doing at the moment is performing at least to the capabilities. This is, um, I think, a particularly gripping Premier League season. Man City and Liverpool. Not perfect for you, Gary, with your Manchester oh, United connections. No. Manchester City and Liverpool Shocker. vying to win the title. <laughs> Am I allowed to ask you a cheeky question? Who do you want to win the title? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know something? I actually have had, for the first time in the last few weeks, a few United fans saying Liverpool, they want Liverpool to win the title because they don't want City to win back-to-back titles and start a period of domination. I mean... I, <laughs> I actually said a few years ago when they were both going for the title, it is like having a choice of which bloke you want to pinch your wife. And... Um, <laughs> It's not changed. It's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Faye, who's on, on our show next? A certified comedy legend is taking TV gold <laughs> to the West End for Only Fools and Horses, the musical. Let's say Mange 2 to the brain box behind this new sing-along spectacular. It's the wonderful I Love Him, You Love Him, Paul Whitehead. Good morning, Paul. Thank you very much. Okay. Do you two mean that? Really? Yeah. 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 Let, let's hear it. He was looking around and he said, let's hear it. He did the old, where, where? That's Well, hang on a minute. Copy the, legend. The second Paul sat down, Rummy said, oh, I loved that fishing show, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. Well, man. thank you very much, right. guys. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I don't know where we... Just see if you so well like that fishing. Take your say. Um, well, yeah, but we, you know, we had to practically both have heart attacks to get it. So, you know, it's hard one series that one. When you say, when you say that, because that did happen. When you say that, how how close to the truth may that actual be actually be? It's every word of it is scrupulously <laughs> true. It is, it's true. Yeah, we didn't make it up. No, but the no, I know, no, I know that. But the link between you having a heart attack and getting the show. Um, was the, were the both heart attacks before the show? Yeah, I didn't actually have a heart attack, but I had free things. No, 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 but I listened. Oh look, I had ninety percent <laughs> reduction of my artery. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> didn't oh, have an attack. No, Mr. Like... Whitehouse, you're clinically dead. Congratulations, <laughs> you've got a show. His <laughs> <laughs> fingers while someone else goes down. Thanks, well, Toffer. Well, he's oh, like, so so. How soon after your triple stent thing? Well, uh, my I was, the I was about three years after, and then Bob presented, as I like to say, <laughs> uh, with his heart problems, and I became his kind of stent buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was going, you'll be fine, Bob, you'll be absolutely fine. Of course, he, he went in, they went, got out the old circular saw, too late, Mr Mortimer, and oh. opened him up. Oh. Yeah. And they have to break the ribs and things like yeah, that, don't they, to that. get yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, so, so... <laughs> as, as far as stress is concerned, so, do, do, I mean, did you, did you take advice of how much work you can seriously undertake after that? And has it been well, a gradual process? Because what you're doing now, we're getting to what you're doing now, I suppose. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I, Actually, I, I started having. Um, I had a problem subsequently with my heart, and uh, even though I had the sense and the, sorry, this is very dull, isn't it? So no, no, it's, no, it's good, good. It's good. Real. It's good. Okay. You Are you right? hanging on my every word? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's gone. I've, oh, had, I've had too many coffees this morning. I'm <laughs> no, I actually do quite a lot of rehab, which involves quite a lot of exercise. Actually, it's like it's the reverse of what used to be the the you know accepted wisdom. You go and rest and lie down, and they actually encourage me to do a lot. So. I'm quite active, Chris, which is not to say that I might not keel over on stage during Only Fools. So there's an added, you know, yes. bonus. <laughs> Anyone coming? Listen, Will he, said, won't he? Will he make it through the second act? Oh, it's all right. His granddaddy's sitting down, so he'll be fine. I'll write a book on it. Yeah. Okay, and if exactly. You, if, yeah. Bit 365, I'll knock you out. <laughs> Uh, Katie Tunstall with us all morning this morning. So you live in LA, you live in Los Angeles. Yes. So uh, will you be going back before before the tour? I suppose you will. I'm won't you? nipping back at the end of February and then coming back over to rehearse with my all girl band. So the allure great. and indeed allure of Los Angeles for you. How, how I mean, why you know always why not? But why particularly? 
I actually was always interested in writing for film. I wanted to do some scoring, wanted to write some music for film. And that's it's just an obvious place to be. And I just really wanted some sun. <laughs> and there is. So I basically there go sun. there to get the weather. There is sun. There is sun. There is all the sun. time. Right. There's also like earthquakes and tsunamis and crazy people with guns, but it's okay. It's like, you know, but just take your chances. That is life, I suppose. It's and like, you know, you make your choice and you take your chances. So whereabouts, because there's Northern California, the Southern California, whereabouts do you live without giving Venice your, Beach, your baby. Venice it, Beach. Do you really? Yeah. Oh and the reason goodness. I chose there was because I can't relax. I'm just switched on all the time. And I went there and basically everyone is just behaving like it's a Saturday afternoon every day of the week. Yeah. It is, it is, so, do you know what? That, honestly, because I didn't know that. That's mm. my, I think that's one of my favourite places. Venice Beach is sort of, it's, it's really sort of um, Marmite. So, so, yeah. Some people love it. I love it. Some people are frightened to death of Venice Beach. They're just frightened. There's no need to be, I don't think generally. They're just frightened of the kind, because everybody's a character. It's like, yeah. it's like that. Um, it's kind of Camden by the sea. It's like trading places <laughs> that opening it is like yeah. like Camden used to be actually yeah like old school because yeah, yeah. the, the, there's a there's a big homeless problem yeah, in Los Angeles huge and so and the beach is a very kind of natural place for people in that situation to live so there's a really weird mixture of incredibly rich people yeah. rebuilding massive modern houses yeah. and then people right at the bottom of the ladder but it's it's all existing in one place and it does make it quite a picture of life. And a lot of people have their meetings on the beach. Um, I know that AA, that they, they meet on the beach and there's yeah. the, you, you go on a Saturday morning and um, there's, the, there's the, a white flag and there's people sitting around in a circle and I know this because I went there a couple of years ago and I thought, and I love people just chatting away and somebody yeah. was on the microphone and I thought, well, what are they talking about? And I realised it was an AA meeting and the white flag was the wow. flag of surrender. Yeah. And, you, you know, um, what, what a place to have, to have your meeting. You it's know, amazing. To, to and look. it's funny because people talk to you in Venice Beach it's quite it's quite a sort of sealed hermetically sealed little bubble yeah. in the rest of mad metropolis so can we come and stay with you yes Thanks you can have my house rent so free shall we and go stay. and stay with Katie let's go uh, do you Airbnb while you're away no I let my friends <laughs> stay there for free <laughs> Right, more from Katie in a moment, here, right? Anthony Beck, you've heard his voice. Uh, now listen to his intro. It's amazing. Uh, the nation's favourite <laughs> ballroom couple, don't tell Kevin and Stacey, right? Uh, the nation's favourite ballroom couple, don't tell Kevin and Stacey. Uh, Anton and Erin uh, touring around the UK from Friday, swinging into studio now. Is Anton himself? Good morning, Anton. Good morning, my love. How are you? I'm, oh, well, how do you think? Uh, I, I can tell. <laughs> Actually, I asked that question. I can see how you are. So, <laughs> tell, tell us about uh, tell us about your show. Do you tour your show, or is it? <laughs> it does it? Is it? Does it stay in one place? No, we tour it. We, we're opening in Northampton on Friday, yeah. and then the day after in Birmingham. The day after that, we're down, uh, down over in Woking, and then we're often uh, uh, across the UK, over to Ireland. Actually, we're finishing in Glasgow. Funnily enough, the last show at the end of March is in Glasgow yeah. at the concert hall there. So, I enjoy. I really enjoy touring. I love the idea of um, touring, going to a, a new part of the country for two reasons. One, you get a much more eclectic audience when you go around. It's quite a bit, I just think it's quite a big ask to be in one place, maybe in the West End or somewhere like that, and say to everybody in the country, come to me and see my show, which is great in some ways but for me I like to go I like to go out go around the country and say to people listen I'm coming to town if you can make it on Friday night I'd love for yeah. you to be there and I think it's it's less of an ask I mean a ticket that is I don't know how much tickets are 40 pounds or something like that you get a forty pound ticket as opposed to a turns into like a two hundred pound well, ticket. And, and you've got your train and you've got that, your, your yeah. accommodation and you've got all that going on. I agree with you. I think it's lovely. I think it's great when you know when the show comes to town, it brings yeah. its heat with it and the the, the, the indigenous culture, you know, the, the two get together and you have this special one night only energy. That's the joy. Our show has always been that sort of that sort of concert sort of feel about it, because we are we do sort of one nighters, um, as opposed to a residency in a theatre for a, for a week or a period of time um, but as I say I, I like it I enjoy it there is you know you get a much more eclectic audience um, and, and for us it just adds a show. I just feel like every night we do a show it's unique to that 
place. Okay, now you've not started yet, but you've done this before. How many years have you done this? Now? This is our 11th year of doing so, this. So show. you are quite good at this. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling myself it's going to be. We do this thing where we do a new show every year, yeah. so and we are always adding. And we've got a, a we've got Lance with us uh, as as we've had in the past, who's incredible. Lance we've Anton. had him on the show. He's, he's amazing he's singer. Just brilliant. And part of the band on the Strictly. And part of the Strictly band, band yeah. And he's wonderful. But we've also got uh, a, a, a new young lady called uh, Laura Emmett. And she, let me tell you, she's got a voice. Is wow. Lance worried at all? Or are they, are okay. they dovetailing? Or is he looking over his shoulder? No, thinking... he's, he's sort of fed up with doing the sort of the, the, the high... No, he's fed up with doing Celine Dion's songs. Well, I'm so surprised. Got, so, got, so she, I would imagine. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. And now we have our next guest introduced by Monsieur Debeck. Well, up now, treading the brekkie boards now is a thrilling thespian who's hot, hot, I tell you. damn hot! Off the red carpet of the Mary Queen of Scots premiere. He's about to make his debut at London's Hampstead Theatre. Lovely, I've been there, it's lovely. It's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) For his upcoming role in The Cost of Living before starring in Sky One's... Love Sky. Sky One's (laughs) exhilarating new street race drama. It's the amazing Adrian... Let's start. Good morning, Adrian. <laughs> good morning. What a top intro that was. That's brilliant. You should do that more often. <laughs> okay, and by the way, Adrian, excellent air drums to Katie Tunstall there. Uh, yeah, there weren't any drums in this track, but I just thought I'd add them. <laughs> so, so are you a drummer? I I studied it at college, um, really? and I have got drums at home. And uh, yes, yes, I have. I have. My neighbours. So drums, love me. daughters, and a wife. Okay, which caused the most trouble to you and them? Uh, the drums, probably. Uh, the drums. Where are your drums? I, Where are your drums? They're, they're in sort of like the living room, but I, I do it when they're out. I do it when they're out. They're in the living room? Well, Dad! Like a music bit of the living room. What do you mean, what do you mean the music bit of the living room? <laughs> well, you can sit down, you can watch telly, and if you walk a little bit further on... Well, what a, channels are you going to watch? What, what platform are you going to use to watch TV? <laughs> would it be Sky by any chance? Yeah, it via would. Sky it Q. would. Via, via Sky Q. Okay, yeah. now we could talk about movies. We all talk about movies. Um, we all talk about the plane amount. Let's talk about your Sky show. Okay, so, what, so this is a drama. I thought it was a reality show. When I read the <laughs> An illegal street race. But then you see who's in it, you think, well, there must, there must be a script here somewhere. Yeah, so, there has so to be. Tell us about it. Come on, it sounds so exciting. It, it's, it's set in a world, in a sort of London, that's run by a sort of conglomerate, you know, corrupt government. <clears throat> and and um, Britain has been, been isolated from the rest of the world kind of thing. So it's a dystopian sort of thriller. And the only way to escape um, this sort of um, society is, is via an illegal street race, which if you win, you get free tickets to live somewhere else in the world and it's all beautiful and lovely. Um, but at night, it's called curfew because at night, everyone puts their metal shutters down and locks their doors because the yeah. creatures come out at night. Ooh, yeah. So there's lots going on there. There's, lo- there's a lot going on. Now, because of, uh, because of the big movies, the big chase movies, Movies that, that you know, Fast and Furious, etc. That kind of mm-hmm, franchise. Mm-hmm. This is going to have to look good. So I'm presuming it is. I'm, pre- I'm presuming they've they've spent a bit on this. One. They've, they've yeah, Sky have spent a bit um, on on this, and I can't wait to see it. I still haven't seen the finished product, so I'm, I'm desperate to see it. But there's lots of car chases and you know, explosions and cars spinning over and, and not a bad uh, co-cast <laughs> you have going on. Not a bad cast, not a bad cast. Yeah, really you got good. Sean Bean. Yeah, uh, you got you said you got Phoebe Fox. Um, uh, it's, it's from uh, you got Black Mirror stars. You got uh, Blue Iguana stars. Mm. And when you're on a shoot for a, for a, a series like this, do you get a sense of of how how big a deal it is, uh, how epic it's going to be? Would you would you pick that up in the first 24 hours of being around a crew and you know what facilities are there? It, it depends because if you're doing like a domestic shot, you know, you're shooting in a kitchen or something, you're yep. not going to see everything. Uh-huh. But um, when you turn up to the beginning of the race and all the cars are in a big circle uh-huh. and it's massive indoor hangar then you start and they're using a massive crane and smoke machines and everything like that then you, then you go oh it's a film <laughs> oh it's, a, it's like a film cut into eight parts right you know so it's eight, eight one hours is it eight one hours yeah. okay nice the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio you know her as the breakout star of Slumdog Millionaire and the incredible Planet of the Apes trilogy she's here today talking about her new hard-hitting film Love Sonia please welcome to the show the beautiful talented and wonderful Frida Pinto Good morning, Frida. Don't you Thank like the you. guests introducing the I guests? I love it. I yeah. love it. I wish I, I, could, I don't get to introduce anybody, I could anybody, sort I guess. of go home, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, so uh, right, Slumdog Millionaire. Break, it was your breakout movie. Yeah. There was a lot of heat after Slumdog. 
There was a lot of heat. I did 11 films in what two and a half years, which wow. is kind of like almost unheard of. Just... But I guess I guess that's like the one thing I've I've learned from these last 11 years yeah. is what goes up has to come down. <laughs> but this is great. This... <laughs> Where's the coming down? But, but coming down in the sense it's kind of like the humbling lessons that you have to get. Not to say that I had a big head right after Slumdog, but I feel you start on this like incredible high. Yeah. And where do you go after that? Like, do you have to... Do, you're just kind of going to be there forever? Yeah, no, you have kind yeah, of, yeah. like, go through the motions of life. And the coming down, actually, I've learned now, has probably been the best learning experience. The staying up there was amazing, and you barely pay attention to any learning experience. Yeah, staying there. up there is fine, but it's not It's not progressive. So it's, it's, not. It's, it's like treading water, you know, from a ver- with a very beautiful view, yeah. but you are indeed treading water. And, and you, you, you have to learn, you know, those are the times mm. to actually... You know, to to sort of proactively progress and, and make decisions that that get you somewhere else before perhaps you need to be there. Absolutely, and evolve and find new things to do as well. I think I got more creative in the two and a half years of not working than in the many years of working. Okay, so the other thing that we, that we discovered recently is the fact that one of the one of the great ways to waste. Um, Otherwise, um, you know, golden energy, priceless energy, is to be surprised when things don't go your way. Because sometimes they are going to go your way, and get, then guess what's going to happen? They're not going to go your way. But then guess what's going to happen after that? They're going to mm-hmm. go your way again. Yeah. And and the thing is, you take the energy that you expend uh, by being surprised by that completely predictable thing called life, mm-hmm. uh, then it all gets so much easier. That is yeah. so true. You know, I have, uh, in those two and a half years of not working, I kind of read a lot of books like you do, self-help books and <laughs> <laughs> inspire me books. I have and no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do it, gentlemen. Safe space. A lot of TED Talks. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, you do all of that and then that I kind of realized that um, the next time this happens, you know, the next time there is a moment of a low uh, I'm actually going to stay excited because at the end of the low is always a high a some you know some kind of a learning and I think that's going to kind of from now on keep me positive to that phase yeah. because and it only happened and I only it only kind of dawned on me while I was going through the two and a half years mm-hmm. of not working. I don't think I would have learned this otherwise. Philip Glennis is with us. Living the Dream <laughs> yes. Series 2 Tuesday Sky 1 9pm. The premise is about a family that moved to America um, and buy an RV trailer park, as you do. Um, <laughs> and, but lots of people think about it, don't they? That, it's a great premise for a show. Well, it is, and it's just what we wanted to show. What really, it's it's just an hour of um, kind of escapism, really, you know? Because um, it's, uh, it, I don't know, It's it, there's, there's something about, um, you know, the fact that we speak the same language as the Americans doesn't necessarily mean we come off the same page. Really? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, no, but also, America's so big, it doesn't mean even they, between themselves, come off the same page. Well, exactly, exactly. And we're, we shot the first season in... Um, it's set in Florida, obviously, because that's uh, the Sunshine State, allegedly. Um, and, but we shot the first season in Savannah, <laughs> which is in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the thing about the, Ameri- the, the, the weather, that sort of the, the southern states, uh-huh. It's, uh, it's a little temperamental, shall we say. Yeah. And and so we would uh, start off in beautiful sunshine and then come kind of lunchtime, you'd get these sort of thunderstorms the coming thunderstorms. in. And of course... With but this is the beginning of the years. Were people not aware of this who were making the show? Obviously, it's not a new thing. No, obviously <laughs> not, you know. But we thought we'd better do it authentically. Such hardships, eh? I know. <laughs> um, but then we shot the second season. We've moved to Spain. Um, yeah. I mean, not, not still, on the show. Not, not on, on the, the show. show. We're still set in Florida, but um, I love it. I love it looks it. amazing. I mean, I have to say, you wouldn't. Uh, now that I've told you, you know. But I, if you didn't know that, but believe it or not, there's more sunshine in Spain than uh, there is. Back to the job, it's, mate. It's, it's, well, job. you know, um, which is why um, Disneyland Paris should be Disneyland Spain. So, nice. so you purchased Kissimmee Sunshine RV Park, right? Kissimmee. So, Kissimmee. So, so, how do we get people up to speed? You know, so so you're in charge. Um, you know, your, your wife. She's she's she is the real neck that turns the head. Yeah, basically, um, what we wanted to... Unusually, uh, usually you see a middle-aged couple on telly mm. and they hate each other. You know, the kids <laughs> maybe have grown up, left they home... They hate themselves. And they turn around and they, and they say, do you know what, I've always hated you, I'm, I'm, I'm off. Kids are gone, I'm done, I'm out of here. Um, and we just thought, well, actually, let's just show a couple in their middle years... 
who still really like each other yeah. and, and decide rather than calming down to, to have this adventure. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Here's a guy um, with perhaps the pottiest mouth on television. He leaves <laughs> Gordon Ramsay for dead when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> the elsewhere touch. Uh, he's the handsome guy, tough guy that could uh, fight you with one arm tied, one finger, um, actually, with the rest of uh, his hands and fingers uh, tied behind his back. But he's actually a big softy. It's the star of SAS Who Dares Wins, which is back for series four, currently on Channel 4, Sunday nights. We watched episode four, which is, has not been aired yet. It's on, on this Sunday. We watched it on this encrypted thing last night in bed, my wife and I. Uh, Ant Middleton's here. Good morning, Ant. Hey, good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic, thanks. Uh, fresh, from the, uh, fresh from the NCA Awards. That's you. Uh, back on the telly on um, Sunday. Before we talk about uh, your tour, uh, which is the Mind Over Muscle tour, mm. uh, which is so relevant now. I mean, it's always been relevant, but it's never been... We, we think, we agree, don't we, Ant? There's, a, there's a, a real sort of psychological phoenix from the flames you know, rise collectively rising. People are fed up at feeling rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, and rightly so. You know, we only operate at a quarter of our potential. You know, I want to inspire people to realise and fulfil especially fulfil their full potential because they're sitting down and they're like, Is this what life's about? Well actually it's not. So get up and go and and, and go to your full potential. So, um, I, 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 as I said before in the last half hour, my wife and I, my wife particularly, I, lo- I, lo- I honestly, I really, really love um, um, SAS Who Dares Win. But my wife, I mean, she worships. She, she, me, she, could, she could be in it. But of course, now she can be in it because for the first time ever, w- women are, uh, have made it through, not only in the sh- to the show, but also to the final rounds. They're beating the men, aren't they? Well, firstly, I hear your wife is hard as nails, Chris. She is unbelievable. <laughs> is she harder yeah. than you? I'm scared to, I'm scared to death. <laughs> I, I, I'm, my permanent state is scared to death and I come here then I go back and get scared to death again which is a good thing for me to be honest no it's great that we've got women on the show um, the world is changing rapido and we're just staying ahead of the curve um, ahead of the game so um, really interesting dynamics um, a first for us as well the instructors you know having women on there never had women before there aren't currently women in the SAS or the SBS um, so, but they can be in the future because that's all be, changed yeah. now. Hasn't now it? they can uh, they can apply. The government has said it's open to everyone, all roles in the military. So good luck to them. So all, all genders can can be in all aspects of the military, all ranks. You know, they're, 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 it's is absolute absolute equal it's, footing. It's open as it can be. It's like it's there. Go and get it if you want it. And in Sunday show, you do you do the buddy up thing uh, because um, you, you get with an oppo, and you can. The rule is if you if you buddy up with another member of the SS, you cannot leave your oppo at all. And what the creed is, your oppo's life is more important than yours. That's that's how you, that's how you go about it, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. In this day and age, you should never ever be left alone. All of this, uh, you know, capturing and being. You know, left by yourself in a, in a combat zone, that should never happen in this day and age. You know, you should rely on your oppo. Your oppo should should prevent that from happening, and vice versa. You should prevent anyone from being left alone on the battlefield. And when you pair them up, uh, the first discipline is you. Each oppo has to drag their buddy ar- around a track, and so their buddy is not allowed to use their legs. And it's a dragging race, and you just have to keep on dragging for as long as you can go. And it looks horrific. You know, having dead weight like that. You know, you've got. 12, 13, 14 stone of dead weight. Yeah. You know, that's simulating a casualty in a, in a battle for whether unconscious, whether they've had, you know, they might have a, had a leg blown off yeah. or not. You know, it's a case of, you know, this person's life is in your hands. How are you going to deal with it? Yeah. And we put that immense stress on them from the beginning all the way through, but they must maintain it. There's no point in in dipping halfway through the course because if you if I see that you're dipping and you're not being consistent, you're gone. You get swear down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> now, look, I was talking about looking after your buddy, not leaving your upper. You start, you start uh, this discipline with a story about you and a pal because you you experienced this for real, didn't mm-hmm. you? So yeah. tell me about that. Yeah, we were in a uh, in a hostile area uh, on operations in the Middle East, and we come under contact. Um, heavy machine gun fire, and obviously you bomb burst. You try and take cover, but at night time when we operate. One of my pals fell down a manhole, which happened to be a couple of meters deep, snapped his ankle. Um, we were looking around for him and he started yelling from down this hole, grabbed him, pulled him out and he was obviously hobbling. And it, luckily it wasn't the full dead weight that some people have experienced, but just dragged him out of that manhole and just dragged him into cover. You know, you realise that your lungs are bursting out of your ribcage 
and you're literally there thinking, oh my God, I, this firefight hasn't even started. You know, the mission hasn't even started and I'm feeling like this. And it's a case of just putting that to one side, being able to just put that to one side and just cracking on with the mission and cracking on with, with your pals to make sure that everyone comes out of that mission alive and well. <laughs> uh, right, so um, sprinting up, or having sprinted up to the 14th floor now here at the News Building on the banks of the River Thames in central London is the boot camp boss and hit hero who's best-selling Lean in 15 books have taken him to the top of the charts. And this is uh, worldwide too. He's now taking a refreshing spin on his winning formula and showing us how to go veggie. So here we go, uh, veggie lean in 15 uh, with Joe Good morning, Joe. Good morning, mate. There's a bit of a fact check that I didn't run up the stairs. I took the lift, but Ooh. I'm here. Yeah, and this is my seventh foot. I'm trying to paint the picture. Will you, will you stop it? Will the guests stop it? I love the honesty. It? I love the honesty. <laughs> All right, okay, we'll go with the honesty. So, Lean in 15, can you remember the day that you or someone you were with came up with this phrase that has gone on to sell literally millions and millions of books, Lean in 15? When did that happen? I was in my flat in Surbiton with my iPhone, and I had the idea, it's quite late, and I... Basically, it was in the old days, you could only put a 15-second video on Instagram. So it was a 15-second video showing how to cook a 15-minute meal. And I said, and that right there is Lean in 15. And, yeah, if you fast-forward to now, I've just sold my three-millionth book. And I always said in the beginning... Wow. It's mad, isn't it? And my yeah. Friends, my friends were saying, oh, what are you doing them silly videos for? Get back to doing your boot camp. And I just kept doing it and sharing content <laughs> like, and building it. Up, you don't know what you're talking about. And, um, <laughs> yeah, people people didn't think it was a great idea, but obviously it's, it's, it's really connected with people because people just want quick, simple advice and the recipes are really easy. And I'm obviously, I'm not a, I'm not a, vegetar- I'm not a vegetarian completely, but yep. this is a great stepping stone for people that want to try it out. This is what we do. So so Monday through Friday, uh, we are veggie and then weekends you do what you like. Uh, Tash is a full-time veggie. She's, mm. I think she's virgin on vegan. And uh, she wants to go plant-based completely. But um, this is what we do in the week. And you just feel a lot lighter. You feel you feel better. And then come the weekend, you know, bring on the butchers. Yeah. Mm. this is the, I call it the veggie book <laughs> for the meat lover because I've got curries and burgers and, you know, lovely sort of stir-fries. And, and when you cook really good vegetarian food, you don't really miss the chicken and the beef. You're not looking around for it. Do you know what I mean? The flavours are in the, the veg and the spices and the herbs you use and stuff. Now, what's, I think what would be very interesting, Joe Wicks, because you are one of the fittest people on the planet, is if you went on Ant's show... Um, SAS Who Dares mm. Wins because I think you do very well on it because because you, you, it's about having this stamina isn't it and some of the bigger guys don't fare too well do they Ant? perfect partnership there Joe this yeah is, I mean look, I'm I think coming for you mate I'm coming for you the physical things the physical challenge is one but it's the mental the psychological things isn't it mm. is it but, true you did it my mates are watching at the moment they said that you played baby crying noises all through the night or something yeah, to break right. people yeah that would do me in, man. No, <laughs> we fine. would now, listen, wouldn't it, I suppose? I'd, have to, I'd quit listen, after 10 Come minutes. on, Joe, listen, I'd look after your hair and everything. You've got lovely hair. Have you done mate, a celebrity sure. special of it or anything? Yeah, we have. You have, but you're on the next one. You, you, you've got a little tick next to your name, mate. Yeah, so. all right, get me on there. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Russell Howard, our Series 2, Episode 9 of 14 tonight, 10pm. Uh, now, <laughs> this is Series 2. So, um, apparently, they've already given you a Series 3 and 4. That doesn't happen anymore in television, does no, it? That's great. Yeah, it's lovely. So just they must the... really like you. This I hope so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we just get to, to uh, do a show about the news. I mean, okay. there's a lot of it. And minute. you have lots of pals on as well, don't you? I have, yeah. I'm very lucky. We've had, um, we've interviewed Ed Sheeran, uh, Rob Delaney, uh, Jamie Oliver. Jimmy Carr's been on. Jimmy's Sticks, been on. Uh... Yeah, well, we do a thing at the end, and you're more than welcome, uh, called <laughs> Live Forever. Is it, it's not live, though, is it? It isn't live. What we do, we do a sort of a new health fad to see if we can prolong our life. So me and John Richardson tonight are doing cuddle therapy. Well, that's got to work, hasn't it? Yeah, but John, I don't know if you know John. No, I don't, to be honest. doesn't really like being touched. Um, mm. He's quite, you know, nervy. So me and him went and we had a cuddle with a Nordic lady. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, that sounds terrible. But it was all... Was it, was it all, in Norway? No, it was in, uh, it was in Shoreditch. Right. And there was a lady and we, in a sort of a wooden sort of like, hutch. Is this the, we, to do with Higgy, the Higgy-Huggy thing? Yeah, it was all that. And we were stroked, we were cuddled. We were treated like rabbits. Oh. See, now you'd watch it for that alone, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it was... Because that's human interest right there. What's funny at the moment? Everything. Oh, the world's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, well, the reason I love doing the show is because you can talk about, you know, Prince Philip or you can talk about, you know, the fact that... Uh, people are... There was a story yesterday, if we were on about really, really solid funny, apparently potatoes are depressed. Wow. Because... Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but uh, Chinese researchers have found because of the way they're farmed, they're genetically inbred, so they're very down. But, and therefore, that's how, that's how insignificant language is. So, so, so the universal intelligence of potatoes, which <laughs> yes. I truly subscribe to, honestly, which, I'm not being yeah, ironic. I know. Okay, I and if you continue it. that... 
forward as uh-huh. opposed to, so if we look at their their future history yes. as opposed to their past history maybe another reason they're depressed is because they know now innately that they used to get put in an oven literally hiking into the studios in his big coat is an explorer whose extraordinary career has exploded since leaving school at 17 to predicting the rise of terrorism and visiting over 120 countries after a sell out 45 day tour last year he's back with 27 more shows you won't want to miss it is Simon Reid good morning Simon morning. how are you doing now, you are crossing over truly uh, to Russell's um, territory because you're doing these talking tours, which... That's true. You know, it's, it's he's, cl- trying to do, he's doing some travelling, and yeah. now I'm going on... I'm doing a tour. Now, he's done arenas. I he's very good at this. He, he sells out, arenas. like, 10,000-seater yeah. yeah. venues in about, okay. well, less than a second. I'm nibbling. I'm not even nibbling at his heels. But it's really. not dissimilar because it's you in a microphone. Now, I find that yeah. I find that exciting but extremely terrifying at the same time. Oh, well, we were just chatting about how he got into travel shows, so I didn't realise that he, you were... He, 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 pred- he predicted mm. 9-11. You predicted. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, Chris might be pushing that slightly no. too far, just in case no, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. No, you is can't listening, say but. that, but I can say that because I've read you. But we didn't. Okay, didn't predict it, but you you alluded to the fact that this may happen very soon, and then it did. Yeah, I warned of very uh, the urgent threat of apocalyptic attacks, and I wrote a book before 9-11. And you, you named Osama bin Laden. Yeah, you? it was a book. It was the first book in the world on Osama bin Laden. Wow. It took me years to research. Great book. It's a great book. Wow. Unbelievable book. It was a very bizarre Give thing it a to mention. do. Tell, uh, it's called the. It was called it is called the new jackal it's very saying? old now no i think it's out of print now it's 25 should, years should, old for goodness sake it. but i was in my 20s well i was 21 when i started researching that and investigating it so it was a real dive into a completely bizarre world of spies and extremism oh, um, very strange thing to do there's a lady called rukmini kalamaki do you know her so she, it's probably a similar it's not world. a name to forget but, but she well, she does a podcast where she basically she's interviewed people that have escaped from isis Flipping out. So, right. so similar thing where you just kind of literally going through ISIS's bins and figuring out. Yeah. She was sort of saying a lot of them now recruit young people through Instagram and WhatsApp. And one of the reasons why the CIA are failing is because you've got lots of old guys who don't know how Instagram. They're not on Snapchat or something. Yeah. So yeah. you literally need teenagers. Well, that's always been the problem of, of keeping up with the technology and and. Uh, after 9-11, the big problem was that they had nobody who spoke the languages. Right. They were saying, what do you think? You know, we live in Virginia in, in a comfy, detached home. You think we're going to go and live in the dirt in Afghanistan for six months working undercover? They just weren't up for the challenge. And still today, uh, it still seems as though that's an issue. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Our next guest, Genevieve, absolutely blown away by the ease, the effortlessness of something done extraordinarily well. Um, absolutely in the moment, uh, Charlene and the band, and talking about Genevieve O'Reilly, who has captivated you in the recent Star Wars belter, Only Rogue One, everyone. Uh, she's made spun episodes alongside Matt LeBlanc. And now she's back for season two of uh, the twisted thriller Tin Star, starting tonight on Sky Atlantic. Here she's Genevieve O'Reilly. Good morning, Genevieve. Good morning. What's it like to work on Tin Star? It's a, a wild ride, Tin yeah. Star. It's uh, anyone who saw the first season knows it started with a kind of a brutal beginning and then a, just the kind shockingly of brutal. The shockingly brutal, the little cute kid. Um, beautiful Rupert. But it just kind of it's the chaos and the fallout from that. And um, Tim Roth's character who um, his past coming back and just the, the kind of energy and the drive that that brings. Right, so Tin Star, for those who don't know, Tin Star signifies what, of course? Well, he's he's a sheriff, really, the local... That, that is the Tin Star. The Tin Star, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the first season started with us moving from England to a little um, town in Canada, and, um, yeah, his history comes back and carves its nails into us. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, lo- I love asking these questions. Um, not generally, just these partic- this particular one I'm going to ask now. Is it really Canada? It is really Canada. Oh, it's really it where it's really supposed is. to be. Oh, my gosh. I, I, you need to know this. I travelled and left my children and was there for seven months. It is definitely Canada. Oh. Philip, they are real mountains. Philip Glennis is Florida... Okay, from Living the Dream was Savannah, and this year it's near Barcelona somewhere, but it's definitely not Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, no, this is definitely we're on the Rocky Mountains. Okay. We're up there in minus twenty-eight degrees. That means nothing. Just to be clear, clear. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, Simon minus twenty-eight is proper cold. No, that means that means something. That's that's hardcore. I know, but I can't really pretend that it's hardcore when. I know what you do with your life and, and, and we're up there with warm tents and warm tents yeah 
Where'd you get warm tents? My goodness. <laughs> they travelled them up the top of the mountain because it's so cold. One day it was so cold that I we had to cut because I couldn't speak properly. So then they were like, off to the warm tent. <laughs> that sounds like the naughty step, but with but much more but It's the opposite of yeah. the naughty step. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who else, who's allowed in the in the warm tent? Can you get people in? Can you because you use the stars, and, just you, yeah. Myself and Christina Hendricks, who's also in it, who's brilliant in right. it. We would go to the warm tent a bit. Yeah. And do people beg you to get me in, get me in the warm tent? We've pass out. To Your name's not down, you're not coming in. <laughs> so, Simon, um, t- let's talk about the cold because uh, <laughs> you came in here today with your big coat on. You came in the studio and you left. I said, it's so cold. And I said, hang on a minute. You go around the world in like minus everything. I know, but I've got bad circulation. I really feel the cold. So I've, I've, I've normally got my long johns on. I haven't today. What's the coldest you've been and where? Minus 42 in Siberia. How was that? How is that? How is that? How is minus 42? That was okay. If you're kitted, it's okay. Uh, If you've got the... I mean, that's one of the astonishing things now, I think. There's no real excuse for saying, oh, it's a bit too wet to go outside in Blighty. It's a bit too cold to go here or there. There's kit available to keep you warm. If you've got it on, you're all right. I did a a daft video. We were in Siberia, and I did one of those sort of time-lapse ones of me dressing to go out. And I thought this won't take long. It took me half an hour to get everything on. All the different, all the different layers. Three layers of trousers and mega coat on top. But I was wow. fine. Six hours on the back of a skidoo in my gusting to minus forty-two. It was all right. Ten years ago, he was teaching secondary school English and drama. This has never been said before. Then in the in-between has blew up and turned him into the comedy powerhouse we now know and love. It's tell us all about series five of Cuckoo is Greg Davis. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. You all right? Yeah, I'm having a lovely time already. Um, can I just say Andy Blimmin McDowell? How did how did that happen? I don't know. They have a knack of getting amazing guests to come and join the show. And, and when Taylor Lautner uh, left last series, I yeah. thought that's probably the end of it. And then uh, she, turns, she up. turns up as my long-lost sister. And people who like the show just seem to accept that that's possible. <laughs> but she doesn't... I mean, you know, it is it is, it is swingable. It is conceivable to get Andy McDowell to fly over for a weekend and knock on the door. And you can say... you can The headline can be, Andy McDowell stars in the fifth series of Cuckoo. But she's in every episode. Oh, she was there for the long haul. She was, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Oh, she came to my flat and everything. Did she go to your party? She came to my <laughs> birthday party. <laughs> it was largely people my mates who are not in this stupid business we're all in right. and one by one I didn't tell any of them one by one they came in alright how's it going alright yeah. Sandy McDowell <laughs> <laughs> and she was it was great one of my one of my favourite memories ever I know, and I know this will last is my mate Steve shouting from my fridge yes. holding a can up and going Andy Andy do you want a lager <laughs> <laughs> but then you Greg Davies, ex-teacher, you have to act opposite her. No, she's quite good, isn't she? She's really good. Yeah, yeah. And she's really... I don't... I think we forget how funny she is. Yeah. Because, she, you know, she's in a lot of comedy films, but people sometimes remember her as being the beautiful foil. But she's really naturally funny. Really I, good I'm comedy to think. I was actress. At, I was at Heathrow Airport last year, and I was going to New York to see Springsteen on Broadway. And she was next to me, and I wonder if it was about the time. I wonder if she's coming back from making your show. When did you make that? When did you record oh, yeah, in the that? Summer. Yeah, that, that would yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. what she's been doing. She's been working with Greg Davies. Probably hung over from my from my birthday party. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, right now, Tom, you were just talking to Greg about you had a you you had a quite nice a quite a nice Paul Heaton Paul McCartney moment, didn't you? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, I remember. I was just saying to Greg that you know one of the finest things hanging the last time I saw Paul hanging out together was at one of your amazing dining discos where we cooked the food and you put the things together but we were in a tent in your pub in the back garden and I've stood there with Paul Heaton and he was proper fanboying as well as Sir Paul McCartney was playing like 20 feet away from us and it was just like one of those I'm like going I'm just stood next to Paul Heaton he's amazing he's great and he's going oh my god there's Paul McCartney and I go yeah oh my god it's Paul McCartney oh my god it's the two Pauls this yeah. is amazing all we need now is Greg Davis and Andy McDowell yeah <laughs> <laughs> everything'll be fine and Greg, Greg's mate said oh Andy do you want to laugh yeah anyway I, I Similar, similar the, the, glamorous events, the both world, of these. The world is screaming at the radio. What did she reply? 
I think she had one, yeah. <laughs> I think she did, yeah. Was it at your house? Yeah, it was at my flat. So, so <laughs> this intrigues me. I'm trying, it was at my two-bedroom flat, Chris. I'm trying to imagine, I'm trying to imagine the picture of, of, like, a party at your place. Because you, there's always an issue, isn't there? If you've got a lot of people over and you want to keep the beers cold, how do you do that? Because fridges aren't big enough and they're too cumbersome. And I usually, we usually get the big plastic bucket and fill it with ice and water and stuff like that. Oh, right. No, I've just got a big fridge. Yeah, I, I, I bet you have. <laughs> You two have got a lot in common, though. Tom Cody's has got a load of big fridges. I, and I've and I got to be honest, this is the first time I've, I've met someone and gone, do you know what, this is the first time I could ever get on a seesaw and it would probably go bout up and down. I'm like, we should we go, go find out. the seesaw? Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, go, we'll go to a playground. Yeah. You should get, you should get that to, won't look weird at all. You should get Joe Wicks over. He could YouTube you both. But that's, a, that's so YouTubeable that moment, isn't it? Tom Cody's Tom's book, Fresh Start, How to Cook Amazing Food at Home, is out now. It accompanies his BBC Two series, Fresh Start, uh, which is on Wednesdays, 8pm, uh, which I loved. I saw the first one because uh, it was on it was on the same night as the Twinstitute, the two doctors who were twins. Yeah. They were on After You, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, And yeah, they were yeah. the first two shows I think I saw of the new year, brilliant shows, Fresh Start, just what you want. You've made a fresh start in your life, haven't you? Exactly that, okay, yeah. A couple of years ago with your fitness and your weight, and now you, yeah. you know, you, that's going all the way through to the food. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's more of a show about getting people back into the kitchen, being able to cook. And for, we've taken families on, on a bit of a journey, a little bit like the last show where we went on a weight loss one. This one is about them trying to get back in the kitchen for lots of different reasons. Trying, encouraging the kids to cook, which is a big thing and that you were saying, Eli and, and Noah, like getting into the kitchen and enjoying cooking and being about it and eating food. And, and food's such an, a, like it's a really good one for kids to be involved with and families because it's it transcends across geography, history, it's got colour, taste, texture. You can go around the world with it, do you know what I mean? So, so food's great for kids and getting them involved and it's trying to get people, mostly adults, out of this bad eating habits of convenience food which I mean we I all get it you know convenience food exists for a reason but and it works and we're all guilty of it you know but it's trying to just change outlook and being able to cook so it's not about it being necessarily a diet book but it's about just taking control of what you eat and get back in the kitchen and cooking you made energy bars last night because we all love an energy bar but obviously you know lots of them are just full of sugar as lots of energy drinks are but you made your energy bars you, uh, what, what do you call it when you slab it out what's it called that like what like a flapjack yes thing? flapjack yeah thing, yeah, okay. yeah and what I love it in the show when you when you sort of throw some tips in there some surreptitious like killer tips like last night how do you crisp up your salad Greg Davis couldn't tell you okay well if you watch his show you'll know that if you <laughs> soak it in ice water you think what's he doing it's going to come out all soggy no it comes out all crispy that's how pro chefs crisp up their lettuce there you go nice. ice that's water cool, mate that ice is a better use for my fridge yeah <laughs> no it's not no it's more than storing lagers for Andy McDowell I don't think so Richard E. Grant's here come on Good morning, you. Good morning. Oh, well done, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Look at the twinkle in the eye. I know, it's, it's disgusting, isn't it? Uh, Greg, Greg asked you the best question first. Uh, so, so where were you, uh, wh- wh- when was it, When you, and how did you find out? I was sitting in a restaurant, Notting Hill Gate, with my daughter on Tuesday, the 22nd of January, at one thirty in the afternoon, and she had a live feed on her iPhone with an earpiece, and she gave me an eyepiece. And you, you see the names coming up as they're read out live, best supporting you know, Oscar nomination and you see the first three names and you think well there's absolutely no chance and then your name comes up and it's it's out of body levitating moment okay, certainly so, for me so you have now been of- officially nominated for an Oscar Richard I know <laughs> Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, as I say, Richard has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor um, Academy Award for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Charming film. It's not out in the cinemas until next Friday here in the UK, but it is brilliant. It's very gentle. It's very charming. True story as well, Rich. Yep. It's with Melissa McCarthy playing this extraordinary woman called Lee Israel who uh, wrote Ford's celebrity... Uh, letters of dead writers like Lillian Hellman and Noel Coward and Dorothy Parker and scammed uh, autograph hunters with them and made a lot of money. Because she was able to, to do a, a, a literary impersonation of these people yeah. because she could write with their voice so the letters were there convincing because they, 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 they weren't, you know, the people who were the collectors and the dealers in these letters, they weren't aware these letters existed but the, the voice of the letters was so akin to the authors who, who she, she wanted to... to 
make people believe had written them that it was it was convincing to the extent that they re, you know the, the, some of the biggest clips in New York fell for this didn't they? yeah yeah completely and for over two years and she was finally rumbled by the FBI and she, <laughs> she worked in collusion with this guy called Jack Hawk who was a petty thief coke dealer alcoholic who you know I'm actually been cast and that's you yeah <laughs> and, and you're, it's so funny Just because you may well end up being renowned for, and there's nothing wrong with this. Your, your two most famous real roles, you know, at the end of it all, will may well be Whitnell for Whitnell and I, and then, and then Jack Hawk, both you know raging alcoholics. And of course, you've never had a drink in your life, have you? No, you allergic. Don't, you don't drink. He's allergic to alcohol. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, what happens when you do? Oh, I get sick for like 24 hours and pass. Because you had to oh. do it once for yeah. Whitnell, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And you had a terrible, terrible time. Yeah. And isn't it bizarre? No That's how good an actor he is. He, he's never had a drink. And he's going Thank to be you. so famous for playing these absolute on-the-floor on the drugs. I mean, that's Thank what you. we should have done over the years, Tom oh, and Greg. Mate. We should have just pretended to be drunk. It's more <laughs> yeah. fun. So and my... you get nominated for an Oscar for it. I've got to be honest, I'm gutted I never got a nominee. All those times that I was playing drunk, yeah. <laughs> I've never been nominated. <laughs> uh, but it's wonderful. Now, um, we've got some prezies uh, to give out, because uh, I might not see you before Christmas, so just in case... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I got a, a little present for, for you, a little Christmas. Uh, no, uh, no, let's give that one. Let's give, give that one to Craig. Thanks, okay. Chris. Okay, uh, so, so open that up. Uh, see what Should you I think of it. Yeah, go on, open it up. See what you think. Okay. It feels like it's going to be Tom's it's book. Quick as you can. It's not the best radio opening <laughs> presents. What? It feels like it's going to be Tom's book. How dare you? Why would we would would we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. It I, is Tom's book. I didn't know I was getting a present, but I'm already disappointed because Tom's already said I can have this book. <laughs> He's got two. All right, well, we'll give it to a charity <laughs> shop yeah, then. No, I'll do that. Yeah. Everybody wins. And I'm pleased for the charity. Well, you don't sound pleased. Yeah, I know, but you made me... I'm not as good an actor as he is. Yeah, yeah. You need to act more pleased. Yeah, right, OK, uh, Tom, that's for you. Amazing, little, thank you very much. Wow. No problem at all. I, I love the wrapping. This is my favourite. It's wrapped in newspaper, just so everyone knows. And the front cover is England being 77 all out. So it already starts off as a really depressing... Uh, Can we be a bit more upbeat about the present item, please? No, it is yeah, amazing! It yes. is Paul Heaton's latest album, The Last King of Pop. Yay! Nothing on vinyl. Wrong okay. On vinyl. All right, Can I not, for me? Uh, right Richard, you're, you're part of the party. There you go. Can there I not swap one of Tom's books for... <laughs> You're not having this. I've got it. I've got loads of my books, and I'm keeping this album. Okay, careful, careful, so... Rich. <laughs> careful with your prezzy. Okay. So, now the so... bar's the bar is very high so far. Okay. Are you excited? I am. Oh, I'm very, very, very excited. Oh my god. Oh. Wow. God, that's unbelievable. How did you find? How did you get this? Oh my god, that's absolutely amazing, Chris. Wow, thank you. This is <laughs> this is the shooting script for Withnell and I and It's your script. Wow. That is unbelievable. It's your actual script that you absolutely <laughs> Gobsmacked. Thank you, thank you, thank Some you. Some bloke in the street gave it to me yesterday. Did he? Yeah. Thank you. Happy? Wow. That's, I'm that's your Oscar present. I'm overwhelmed. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> wow, that is wow, amazing. What thank you. There's some bloke, some 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 bloke just outside on. The, I think is it Millbank? No, uh, Southwark Street. Yeah. So you got Richard E. Grant coming on the show. Here, I think this is his. Are you not joking? No, I am joking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. What are your chances? Do you think Richard of winning? Who are you up against? Uh, well, I, you know already because in the same way that Gary Oldman won every award last year mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. Churchill, I know that Mahershala Ali is winning everything this year. So for the for the other four of us nominees, it's like sit back and relax time. Just grateful to be nominated in that company, um, but we know that he's he's the guy that's got his name on the on the plaque. Right. So tell us about him and his film then. He he is absolutely amazing. He's in a film called Green Book, and it's a true life story as well. And he plays an, he also plays a gay character. So in this year, I play a gay character, Livy Coleman, Rachel Weisz, uh, Emma Stone, Mahershala Ali. It's, it's the biggest year of gay characters in, in Oscar-nominated movies in history. So, so do you honestly think you're not going to win? Honestly? Yeah, absolutely honestly. So will you prepare anything just in case? Or? Uh, no, not really. But it'll be at the back of your mind. There'll be something going on at the back uh, of your mind. No, you, you just know. You know, I, I, the Golden Globes and you just knew. But I, I presume you're going then? Yes, I'm going. Of okay. course I'm going. So you go, is that all sorted out? Do, do they sort that out for you? Do you yeah, they do. Out? And I'm going for the Screen Actors Guild tomorrow in Los Angeles. Right, and would you stick around then? How long, how, how, when is 
is the Oscars? I can't remember. Oh, it's on the 24th of February. All right, so you, you'll be back for the BAFTAs. Yeah. Okay. And then you be, so it's all fun. It's, 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 yeah. it's awards time. Unbelievable. So so how close have you been to anything like this before in your career? Never. Been, never been nominated. I got nominated for Best Newcomer in 1987 uh, for With and I at the Evening Standard Awards and Kristen's, Dame Kristen Scott Thomas got it. And that's the last time and first time that I was ever nominated for anything. So you've never really inhabited this world before? Never, ever, ever. How does no. it feel? It feels completely unbelievable. Okay, have you talked to any of your pals who have been in this situation? Uh, yeah, and they're much more you know, sanguine about it and going, yeah, yeah, oh, nomination, nomination. They're used to, you know, they're used to having shed loads of these things. I've never had one, so I'm undilutedly thrilled. Right, and what will happen as a, as a, as a consequence of the... Has anything happened from your career, from a career point of view, since the nomination on Tuesday? Do things happen that quickly? Or? Yeah, you get job offers and doors open. Straight you get, away? You get offered things very, very fast. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> Boom, yeah. Hip replacement, <laughs> facelift. That's, that's so cool! <laughs> Face packs. Right, what have you said yes to? Everything. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. And so, so are you thinking about what happens after February or not? Uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got two jobs. Good for you. Yep. good for you. Because you've, you've had your lean and mean period between between now and uh, the late eighties, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Okay. I was nine months out of work in nineteen eighty five, which I'll never forget. Really. Yep. And, and what what have been? Give us, give us your three highlights from, from pre. Uh, can, can you ever forgive me? Apart from, apart from with now, after oh, I don't know. I, do, I just finished Star Wars, so that was oh, absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> the final Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Greg, yeah. over to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not been that lean, has it? <laughs> <laughs> you shame me, Tom. Here's the fact. I don't know if you ever heard this one before. Okay. Okay. Guess what Richard E. Grant eats every weekend. Uh, well, if he doesn't drink and he doesn't eat dairy, I'm going to go with. Weetabix with almond milk. No. <laughs> he eats every weekend a Christmas pudding, don't you, Richard? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I are, love that. I love I mean, it too. I, mean, that's I like, love it too. I mean, just a, sorry, just a whole Christmas pudding. Just a whole Christmas pudding. To yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my wife has a yeah, bit, but she's got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> every weekend. I've got a top Christmas pudding <laughs> tip from my mum, actually. Have you, which is what? If you save a, a slice of it yeah. for the next day... Yeah. And this is a health nightmare. If you fry it in butter, yeah. it is the greatest thing you'll ever eat. Actually, it's delicious. And, it, and you can take that to the bank. It's okay. very good, that, served with a full English breakfast. Oh, take yeah. it next level. Yeah. Because it is almost <laughs> like... It's like a game think of, of it a minute, hold on. It's almost like solid brown sauce. The flavours are very similar. The flavour profile. It's very unfresh start, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not, nec- <laughs> it's not, it's not necessarily yeah. on brand. Yeah. Got on the new show. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not on Remember brand. But I've got to say, a full English breakfast with black pudding, extra bacon, and fried Christmas pudding. I mean, it's a winner. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Honestly, though, it's the greatest thing you'll ever eat. Okay. It is. I'll try it. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment, all in one place on Virgin Radio.